Welcome to the Mother Earth's Heroes show. This is the show where we present you in the next 30 days, 30 heroes in the area of climate change that are fighting for a more sustainable world and that are presenting us solutions. Not only are we facing problems, um, and this is what uh, groups like Fridays for Futures uh, are great in doing. They make us aware of the problems. They make us aware that we have to act. They make us aware that we can't continue as we are doing at the moment. So this is the reason why we have this show, because we want to present you the people that are go uh, going one step further. They know the problem, they have analyzed the problem, and for decades this problem has been around, but now it's time to act. This is why um, until uh, the 23rd of um, October, we will present you, um, uh, September, sorry, we will present you 30 heroes that we will highlight at the Climate Action Summit in New York. Today, I'm very proud to have a person, a man who made the transition from a scientist to a CEO because um, I guess he, he was just like, uh, yeah, he had enough. I mean, uh, scientists also have to act nowadays because there aren't enough people taking action. So we will jump further into his story on why he made this change to become an entrepreneur in the food industry and how he's literally making food from thin air. This could easily be the next revolution in the food industry. And I'm very pleasantly happy to have you here, Pasi Vainika. Hello, thank you for having me. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a great pleasure. And um, you at the moment have a lot of uh, publicity going on. Um, great publications are, are writing about you. So we are proud that you took the time to jump on our podcast and uh, to officially get rewarded uh, Mother Earth Zero. But well, this, this reward doesn't come easily here at this show um, because we want to sort of find out how feasible is your solution really to help us solve that problem. So um, maybe uh, be, because we, we don't really have an idea what Solene really is and why you started Solar Foods, because, uh, so, so maybe give us a brief introduction. What is Solar Foods and what is your mission? Solar Foods wants to uh, bring to the market the first food that is produced completely without agriculture. Uh, we want fundamentally uh, deal with the root cause for the climate impacts of food production. Uh, and basically our uh, solution is to disconnect uh, the, the increasing use of natural resources uh, for, from uh, the, the economical growth. Uh, and that is what we are able to do with the technology that we have. When, when you say, um, like, uh, currently we have agriculture, currently we have uh, the food industry, which is mainly, and, and you, you said that uh, in another interview, which is mainly covered by uh, fruits, vegetables, and animals. Um, and you actually want to provide an alternative. So where do you see the biggest challenge in actually 
creating like a parallel market so that people get aware that there's much more than just those 12, I guess, ingredients that you talked about that are crucial um, or that, that are making up the, the majority of what we eat. So where do you see the biggest challenge in, in actually providing us with your solution? Um, on the customer side, we don't expect customers to and people to eat uh, anything that is uh, kind of strange or what they would not be aware of or, or feel comfortable with. So we see current foods as platforms. They, they the textures, uh, what we eat, whether it's 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 animal or plant based or or even uh, uh, fruits. We don't expect people to compromise. But what we want to do is to do something for the physics behind, mm -hmm. um, which means that how you generate uh, the basic proteins in this case or, or, or the basic calories mm -hmm. uh, and then integrate this uh, to, to existing food products. This is a complex way to say that, uh, that we think that uh, protein ingredients is actually something that is uh, discussed a lot. Uh, for example, soy, we've uh, recently heard about the news on the Amazon fires and the, mm. the IPCC reports also warns about the, and about one third of the greenhouse gas footprint is due to what we eat. Mm. So we use these ingredients and proteins and we, we would like to introduce to the market to, to, uh, for example, in, uh, in breads or pastas or shakes, meals and, uh, and, and plant-based meat alternatives, new kind of protein uh, that brings added value to the product, but is also uh, fundamentally uh, one order of magnitude or even two orders of magnitude better in the climate environmental performance than the existing foods. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you don't necessarily see yourself as a substitute for the products that the end consumer will consume, but you see yourself as a substitute for the, the raw ingredients that the food industry is currently using. Am I understanding that correctly? Well, I could describe um, uh, how we see. So, so at the end, we are producing uh, from electricity uh, uh, and without agriculture, proteins, complete proteins, which uh, which means that all the essential amino acids are are there that the human uh, needs. Mm -hmm. But these can be integrated then to um, existing food products, and we discussed about uh, three segments that one could identify. The first one is that uh, you could be in a plant-based dairy, you can be in different kinds of uh, drinks or between meals or oat-based or, or similar mm -hmm. soy-based drinks uh, or in bread and pastas and, and similar you know, protein ingredients are used in this uh, and we, we could be there as kind of an intelli-side. And the second big thing is that, that um, it seems that um, there's a good traction in plant-based meat alternatives. There are especially uh, two American brands that seems to be very successful, and, and then there are others. But they also use uh, protein uh, ingredients uh, like soy or, or pea proteins uh, uh, to supply the protein content uh, in them. But we could also be the protein ingredient there without really uh, the consumer knowing that where did these proteins come from? 
And the third segment okay. is that if we turn clock forward uh, and we would actually get to the shelves of supermarkets, cultured meat. So meat, real meat, but without really having the animal in between and you know, practicing killing. Yeah. But, but you, you would grow these, these cells. Uh, when that would scale, also that production would need as a feedstock a lot of amino acids and proteins. Yeah. So the question is that where do these come from in a sustainable way? So actually we could be a supplier for that. So at the end, we could be in a very diverse way part of the future foods. Of, of, the, of the whole value chain, you, you don't just see yourself as a brand uh, that goes directly um, to the consumer. You see yourself as, as an essential in the future, as an essential part of the value chain in our food industry. That's, that's really, yeah, that, that's, or, oh, well, at, at least this is, this, this is how, how I understood it. Um, please correct me if I'm wrong, but, uh, I, I, um, what comes to my mind is, is, uh, other trends like, uh, beyond meat and impossible burger. And, um, I guess these, these could also play a role in, in, in taking your product and, um, Yeah, be, being being a valuable substitute because they don't need so many resources, right? Yeah, there is one is that that when a new food products scale, also yeah. the, the it has also it has much to do with resourcing. So you you need a yeah. lot of feedstock, whatever that is, uh, and. Um, scaling is, is an interesting thing because uh, in our case you wouldn't need to wait over seasons and, and, and wait for new suppliers but you could actually if you want to double the production then you just buy another fermenter where this uh, production happens so uh, uh, I guess that, that's the significant thing here that's a very interesting fact because what what we as consumers often forget um, And I'm I'm also speaking for myself. I'm just going to the supermarket and then I'm 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 buying something without really thinking. For example, potatoes just got very expensive here in Germany, um, and it is probably due to poor uh, poor farming or the the um, the return wasn't wasn't big enough on on foods on those uh, agricultural lands. So um, that's very interesting that you can produce. Uh, sort of independently from seasons. Um, I would like to go uh, more into detail for, for our listeners to really understand the significance of your invention, more into detail about the innovation itself. Like, what is so lean and how do you produce it? Like, how does the production yes. line look like? Yeah, the, the, the protein that we produce in this specific way, um, um, we've named it to, to be solely as, as, as one of the future proteins. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, the, the production process is actually quite simple. So if you make uh, compare that to wine making, When you make wine, you have grapes that you crush and uh, mix some water. Then you have a sugarous liquid and then you put in yeast. And this mm -hmm. yeast eats sugar, these sugars, which is an agricultural product, uh, eats these sugars for energy and carbon to grow. 
but also it happens to be such yeast that it makes some alcohol to the surrounding liquid, which uh, seems to be uh, of interest to, to, to the man. Uh, but instead of, of doing exactly like this, our microbe it also waits in, in this liquid, mm -hmm. uh, but instead of sugars, uh, we give into this liquid small bubbles of hydrogen and carbon dioxide. And carbon dioxide you can then ultimately capture from the air. Mm -hmm. uh, and hydrogen is the source of, of energy instead of sunlight or for plants or, or sugar for yeast. Uh, and, uh, and hydrogen you can make uh, with electricity from by splitting water. So, mm -hmm. so hydrogen carbon dioxide is basically the the main uh, feedstocks there. So in instead of um, instead of putting crops or or uh, in, uh, seeds into the ground, uh, you wait for them to to grow, and then you have uh, basically uh, your farming land, and then you uh, take that and produce um, from wheat various products. You are using something like what is happening in the beer industry and there is, is a chemical reaction that produces microbes or or microorganisms right and are we then at the it's end specific. yeah are, are, are we then at the end um eating microbes is is that what 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 we are doing with soli that is correct so so these specific microbes that are completely natural that we have uh, isolated from environmental samples. So they, we are just taking advantage of, of, of the diversity of life. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, these are such microbes that, that they don't eat sugars in, in this case, but they can use uh, these ingredients, dissolved gases, uh, as a source of energy and carbon and that's the fundamental point where the disconnection from agriculture happens mm -hmm. uh, and and then these microbes in the in the fermenter in the bioreactor they just uh, grow and multiply so you don't add any microbes in there but they it's like their their uh, world where where they live mm -hmm. and when this liquid grows thicker uh, you you remove it uh, and then dry it uh, and then you have dried cells. And when you look at the analysis results of, uh, of such cells, it is actually very much identical to soy, dried soy or algae, which are also both very high in protein. Mm -hmm. And our, our uh, lean cells are, are as raw, they are about 65 uh, protein. Then you could uh, use them as such, or make a protein isolate uh, that you can add to different uh, food products. That's that's very interesting. There there are a couple of points. Um, so at the end, we are eating a microorganism, or or the the. Um, please co correct me if I'm wrong. The the waste of a microorganism, and then we dry it, and from that. Uh, at the end, we, we end up with a powder that has the same capacities as, for example, soy has or algae powder has. Is that correct? That is correct. And, uh, and historically, we have been 
the man has understood uh, as food things that it has been able to hold between fingers. This is our key claim. So you understand the concept mm -hmm. of animal or plant uh, that you can hear, see, or smell, um, or or see it from a from plant. Um, but we haven't really looked to the place and sector where we have the most diver diversity of life on the planet, which is basically the small life, different kinds of microbes, also insects, but but uh, the the microbial uh, life, yeah. uh, and and we claim that this is simply because it has, it would have been too laborious to try to pick from the nature some cells that are a couple of micrometers, thousands yeah. of from a millimeter in size. It just didn't work out. So therefore we have then we are using some forms of life that are kind of a result of a, of a very long hundreds of millions of years evolution from those microbes. But now we are in a way returning back to the nature mm. and using directly growing directly uh, the proteins uh, uh, and, uh, and 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 the uh, food that we need for example if you compare uh, this to, to animals so if it's uh, for example rabbit meat so yeah. the rabbit has to eat grass and then it has to grow bones and run around and you know live its life mm. um, and, and uh, grow hair and things like that ears and stuff <laughs> but we are now growing directly the valuable part which is the protein carbs and fats that is something co uh, that corresponds to the kind of flesh of a uh, dried animal flesh so you av avoid in a very fundamental way very much of the inefficiencies that we have uh, uh, in the in the in animals or in plants that is that is very interesting. So we skip basically the the cruel the cruel part and the the part of raising the animals and feeding them for for them to grow in order to at the end get what we want, which is their meat. So we we just skip that and we create the meat with a with a chemical process. Um, oh, that's that's uh, I guess we 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 have to. We have. I have to fathom that. Uh, like that's um, that's a very straightforward approach that would really, um, if we just think about it, like in twenty years, if this will be normal, then um, probably many hundred uh, thousand and thousands years ago, uh, people would be looking at us strangely for for eating an animal or raising a rabbit in order to then kill it uh, right isn't it just a, a uh, for for adaptation of this um of this new way of thinking is it just that we need time and new habits to to reinvent how we think about food mm, yes and no uh there might be something that we need to change in, in between years. I believe much of that uh, uh, happens in the developed world. And I guess there, that's where the majority of the problem is. 10% uh, uh, of the wealthiest uh, people on planet cause 50% of the global emissions. So that's, that's yes. one of the key things. Uh, and 
Um, there has been, for example, uh, a status bound uh, in the past decades, if we go a couple of um, decades uh, um, back, mm-hmm. um, uh, there have been status uh, connected to the having meat, for example. So mm-hmm. if you have a good, good beef, that, that has somehow reflected your, your, your status, or mm-hmm. if you had a very nice car or, or similar. But no, all this is, is happening. And actually, we see that some of the plant-based alternatives uh, are, are gaining similar uh, status. Uh, yes. Uh, and if you have a nice plant-based uh, meat alternative instead of, of, of um, nice beef, I mean, it's, it's th- those who eat beef, they are looked at that, okay, kind of he or she still, you know, let's understand him, he, he still eats beef. <laughs> so yeah, this is changing very well. Right? And, uh, and now we just, uh, so the new foods, uh, people actually are surprisingly adaptive. The development goes forward very fast, and now we have an amazing opportunity to also deal with kind of the very fundamental physics and rules. How do we end up into these products? Mm-hmm. And that is kind of our role in this uh, whole chain. Mm-hmm. So, so you also see yourself sort of as an as an educator, as somebody who's who's trying to to make this um, to 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 make people comfortable with. Um, actually accepting that something is coming from from a source of a microbiome in, instead of raising cattle, for example. Educating is one, one. Another way to put it is that we are encouraged to show uh, uh, what is possible. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, and, uh, and then let's see. That is, um, yeah, I, I, I guess this is what what we can always learn from science because how I see it, or this is probably like the, the dynamic that is happening or has been happening uh, for centuries. Scientists are figuring something out and, uh, but we also need the, the entrepreneur and then we also need the uh, politicians, right? In order to, to make it, um, to, to bring it to people. Um, what is interesting about you, you aren't only the entrepreneur behind Solar Foods, you are also the um, principal scientist at um, the Technical Research Center of Finland, and uh, you have multiple projects like uh, neocarbon energy and neocarbon food. Um, don't you get sometimes uh, a little uh, sort of... Um, overwhelmed by all, all what is happening or is that uh, just part of your mission part of your drive um, how what kind of role does your team play in this whole realization the frameworks and the, and the projects and research what you referred to they are kind of part of the the path how uh, we we with with our CTO and my, my colleague Juha Pekka Pitkanen in, in Solar Foods, how we ended up to 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 found mm-hmm. uh, without our co-founders uh, uh, Solar Foods, mm-hmm. um, and now we are are focusing on Solar Foods uh, completely. Um, but I get it. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe referring to to your your previous questions in a bit, but when we were developing uh, mobile phones, and and there was actually we we did of course follow closely this development in Finland because of Nokia, yes, uh, in, in the nineties. Uh, and and it was just a stupid idea to develop mobile phones because there were phone booths at every street corner. So mm-hmm. why would you develop this this device? But mm-hmm. when you started to do that and develop the technology, you could not have imagined the mobile devices and the platform what the current mobile devices are yes. for a whole e- ecosystem and all all the apps and e-commerce and everything that it empowered. Uh, and enabled, and, and the same is happening in uh, in a food that new technologies are, are becoming available, and it's a scientist's job to to roll them out from the laboratory and provide to the people and show that you know uh, what can be done. The same is here that that with the project what we had in the past in the research, there are kind of a, every part has been learning, and one thing led to another, and this is uh, maybe one one uh, of the things for for the. Uh, though for those who, who are, are thinking whether to go for, for an entrepreneur or not is that you know, one thing leads to another uh, and, and you can't, you have to rely to your vision but mm-hmm. you know, along the way you learn uh, and, and at the end uh, you might be somewhere else where you, where, where you thought initially mm-hmm. uh, but, but technologies are developing so fast and, uh, and integrating for example our food in, uh, in different kinds of new foods that we don't really know that are there in, in five years time so all this plays to a certain direction also that that is what happened in uh, in our research and, and we all have that in our backpack with uh, in, in the company now and we are all former researchers that's very interesting that's a very interesting point seeing it as an, an invention platform um yeah i guess uh you, this this can really be called an exponential technology where we we don't know where this technology will lead us um but uh this this podcast is really we are about finding solutions for climate change um at least this is the most pressing the 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 most pressing conversations we actually have in the media at the moment but uh today i i talked to a sustainability um consultant uh from Uh, the next step, uh, the natural step, sorry. And he said that climate change is actually just a a symptom of the whole problem. But um, this symptom, um, if if I can say, uh, it's it's that we have too much CO2 in the atmosphere. Was that one of the reasons that you actually wanted to to make this technology happen is... um, direct air capture um, or carbon capture is that is that one of the crucial parts of your concepts uh, actually uh, when you refer to the to the research what we had before uh, in, in neocarbon energy which was by mm-hmm. the way the single largest renewable energy research programs what we had in the, in Finland so far okay um, we had two key findings there. One was that that electricity is the new primary energy. Burning things is a bad idea. So whether it's nuclear renewables, um, um, uh, solar, wind, hydro, um, mm-hmm. it doesn't maybe matter here. Um, 
the important thing is to electrify heating, cooling, transport, industrial processes, and so on, and, and leave fossils in the ground. Mm. That's one, electrification. And the second finding was that actually, in, in if we leave fossil carbon in the ground, ground we might need still carbon in the future and uh, uh, carbon dioxide actually could be a source of carbon for fuels and now also for for uh, food for materials and chemicals and so on so you you rather make um, oil from electricity than electricity by burning oil and uh, um, okay then with this background it was uh, it was uh, learning from us and also a bit disappointment uh, mm -hmm. uh, depressing to find out that about one quarter of the greenhouse gas footprint is due to what we eat so doing all these things for the energy sector and in Germany they call it the, the, the energy event it's not actually enough uh, mm. but there's a food problem uh, and then we thought that what you're allowed to have is uh, is, is, is air and, and electricity so could you turn that into calories uh, and and then we were we were uh, able to do that. Mm -hmm. um, when when you mentioned this is this is one one crucial thing that we also have to face. What gets clear is just the vast the the vast um, amount of problems that we have to handle. We have to handle that uh, we will have um, a couple more billion people on Earth. We will, we have to handle that climate is changing due to global warming how do you stay on track like do you do you have some framework that you just say okay we will find the biggest leverage that we have and then we focus on it trusting that other companies are doing the same or where where does does this faith come from uh, from your side and how do you stay calm amidst the chaos It's a very well, I guess question, but uh, it's interesting. Yeah, I mean, what, one of the things in what you learn in research is that you, you, you have to split the problem in pieces, and and, and then you're you're kind of able to manage each of these pieces in a, uh, at one time, mm -hmm. um, or one at a time, um, and. So technologies are developing very fast. That that gives us hope. I guess uh, what what the problem is uh, for the planet and also for the human brain is time. We don't we don't understand time well. Uh, uh, mm -hmm. If we go back uh, five years, we didn't really speak about electric vehicles. We didn't really have good plant based <laughs> meat alternatives, for example. Solar and wind power were so expensive that they were laughed at. Uh, and so on. So that has only happened in uh, in five years. So how do we look to next five years or a decade? I'm sure uh, there there are amazing things that uh, science can uh, achieve. But for a brain, it's difficult to look back and understand that that uh, what has happened in five or uh, years or a decade, or trying to estimate what happens in in the coming two years or ten years. And that gives us kind of a pain and uh, frustration. So, so you mean just being aware of the bias that we have towards time um, gives us a little bit of certainty because we know we will probably be wrong, <laughs> but it's it's uh, we we can anticipate that to be wrong, so we we can just continue w what we're doing or expecting something, but it's probably going to be different anyway. 
Yeah, actually, yeah, correct. So it, it might be it might might go differently, uh, but still, uh, we have amazed, uh, uh, achieved amazing things as a, as a humankind. You know, we we were just recently celebrating uh, of of the the um, uh, first moonwalk and and so on. <laughs> so we've had these these moonshots projects. Uh, also, we can fight uh, climate change. Um, but then, of course, we need deployment, uh, and and there I'm happy that uh, there there's been one one thing that I find very crucial be, being now a startup is that through legislation we can demand for certain things. But still, mm -hmm. I think that if individual is empowered to make decision, then things can happen very fast. That happened with IT and mobile technologies. I mm -hmm. can give an and also now with food, so if, if there are plant-based alternatives, they might not be identical to meat, but it can be better. It's different, but better, and then people opt for that. So if you have a good plant-based meat alternative in a hamburger today, I can taste the difference, but I can't really say which one's better. Uh, and that empowers the, the consumer that if, if it's good enough, I, I'm sure people will go for it. Then also it is self-evident that it, it must be environmentally friendly. I can give one ex additional example, which is electric vehicle. So when you've been filling up your, your petrol uh, vehicle or internal combustion engine vehicle, uh, you're filling uh, diesel there. What's the dialogue between and you yourself as a customer and and the oil company? Mm -hmm. There is no dialogue. You, yes. You're buying what, what what there is. You you must kind of and and then there are these cars and uh, and everything's based on 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 oil. But mm -hmm. if you turn to electric vehicle, then actually you are empowered to buy from the electricity market any kind of electricity you want. Okay. Uh, and uh, and then you are empowered with that battery uh, by being actually uh, an active player in the electricity market. And if you want to only wind power that kind of product uh, or, or whatever, it, it's your decision. So this is an example that this technology empowers the individual as a decision maker. And in addition, the electric vehicle is, by the way, it has a lot more power. It doesn't really have any any uh, noise. It responds very well in the gases. It's a lot more efficient and so on. So all these benefits go point towards um, electric vehicle and it empowers the individual. And then the transition happens, it can happen uh, very quickly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. To to totally get that. Great example. I have, I have one question in regards to neocarbon, to your projects um, that you did prior that you now found your way to solar foods. Um, what other technologies and movements did you take a look at? And what do you think um, during your research became clear, okay, we have to realize this, this, and this. But these are, let's say you had five alternatives and you chose uh, solar foods. What were the other four alternatives and, and, and what is like, what is crucial so that we actually um, mitigate climate change from your perspective and from your science and, uh, research? I was attracted by the big opportunity. So there is a, 
uh, we need fundamentally much more efficient food system and, uh, and trying to look at the, the um, big problem, big opportunities, of course, fascinating. And that, that was some, a key uh, around founding uh, solar foods. So, so it's really the, 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 the passion and that you just think it's such a big lever um, or it's such a, such a huge reason to tackle food. Um, this is interesting because prior to, to doing uh, this podcast, I was um, uh, having an app startup in the food industry uh, where I tried to make people um, give them easy access to recipes and to um, food alternatives uh, to classical processed food, but also to meat, um, because I thought people are lacking alternatives, right? There, there are these alternatives, these recipes, but the awareness isn't there. So um, I, I, I share your, your passion for food. Um, But what do you think, when is this ready for, for actually people to get their hands on? Is there something planned that you actually want to bring into the market? Something like a protein shake maybe? Is there something uh, like that on your roadmap or do you think the product isn't yet ready for that? Um, we have uh, the target to be on, on the market in 20 um 2021 okay uh, and we need a novel food approval so in whether it's the european union or, or us or similar we we need a approval uh, for for human consumption that, that takes also time and also the scaling what we are doing now scaling up uh, in in steps and managing that risk uh, is something what we are doing so uh, actually checking if we can eat it and if it's safe for for us as human beings you mean yes that's correct so we need to all those foods that we've eaten in the past whether it's good or bad for you or whether it's tobacco <laughs> you can for historical reasons eat them but we as uh, we haven't been on the market this kind of protein has not been on the market sold commercially so we need uh, to to make uh, a lot of tests and, and and provide experimental data to prove that it's good for human consumption that is actually what we are doing now yes um let's maybe uh as a last question and um i i uh i know that you you have other things to do as a ceo of, a, of an early stage startup but maybe let's let's have a a visionary approach to that what Because we, we have too much CO2 in the atmosphere, right? Um, and you have a solution for creating food. What has to be the ideal landscape for your invention to actually have a dent in the universe and actually really be a huge chunk of solving that problem? What has to be the ideal scenario for you for it to turn out perfectly? Well, I mean, I guess uh, it's it's um, on our own hands. Uh, um, um, we can we can. Uh, um, there's so much going on in new foods. Uh, people are already 
uh, are perceiving uh, well new foods. Um, so we just uh, go along with that. Um, of course, we need to technically prove uh, it take, takes some time and resources and, and, and so on to to do it. Um, but but um, I can see that the the all the ingredients where we can based on which we can realize and scale and uh, make mm -hmm. a significant impact. All technology, all the ingredients are there, and now it's it's up to us to to deploy it. Uh, and, and show what, what can be done. Also, we think that the economics are, economy of, of, of producing this, it's, it's roughly there. Um, so we're, we're hopeful. That, that's very interesting. So it's, it's just a thing of uh, optimization. And then um, when, when do you think will we, will we have the first product in our hand uh, with uh, coming from solar foods or that is that has some sort of solene in it in 2021 we we aim at to be on the market very cool that's awesome um Pussy, is there anything um else i mean we we could also go into uh the um the how um how consumable your product really is. Um, did, you, did you make a protein shake uh, with that stuff yourself already? Did you try it yourself? <laughs> yeah, we've tried that ourselves. We've, we've made some, some pancakes and stuff. Uh, really? So it, uh, it's, uh, um, we're, we're happy with it. Um, but um, yeah, still we need to, need to prove proof with with data that it's uh, it's good to go that's very interesting maybe maybe you can upload a youtube video um of the pancake yeah. recipe <laughs> i believe there will be something soon on uh, on tv uh, on on this where we can and we can uh, see it i'm really i'm really looking forward to that um let's stay in contact um as i just told you you are one of our mother earth's heroes um, and uh, we really think that you you came up with something unique, and uh, it's really, I, I guess it's part of a new economy that is emerging. Um, so I'm really looking forward to what is happening to your startup uh, in the future, and thank you for your time, Pasi. Thank you very much. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye.